Director of Cross Country and Track and Field here at South Dakota State, Rod DeHaven, is with us as we wrap up the season for cross country and look ahead a little bit as well. Um, Coach, first off, the season that it was, uh, let's talk about the men first. We'll delve into the championships, but in overall form, how good was this team, this program this year on the men's side? Um, Yeah, that's a mixed bag. I mean, certainly, you know, we had – Good results, particularly at Oklahoma State and conference meet. Um, yeah, I think the regional meet leaves us a little bit of, you know, what if we didn't run without Josh Becker, and um, certainly that's a piece that, you know, would have helped us some. Um, so, you know, it's weird to sit here and think, okay, yeah, we're disappointed with being sixth in the regional meet, you know, and it's the third time I think we've been sixth. Um, have the fourth from 2019, but I, I just, yeah, this group I think feels like there was still a little bit more. It wasn't our best day on Friday. We def- definitely had some really solid performances, but you know, not not as good as we would have hoped. Um, and fourth was definitely on the table. Um, but you know, good year and a great legacy when you look at what uh, Ben Olson, Joseph Minor Williams, Tom Brookman, you know, in particular because those guys have been with us, you know, for five years and Daniel Burkhalter as well just his first two years as a cross-country athlete were pretty much non-existent um so and you know some other guys joined the fray later on but it you know historically speaking maybe you know five ten years from now um you know hopefully we'll keep this going because we have had you know pretty much the same success success over the last oh you know going back to you know 2013 2014 it's we're not in the top 10 in the region then it's kind of like okay it was a down year and um, that is, you know, a good legacy to, to you know, lay. Um, and hopefully we can still build upon that with the, the group that we have here. Ben and Joseph both finished in the top 25, like you pointed out. And just watching this, this team progress, and we've talked about it every week over the years even, just the way that they've handled everything, because they've had a bullseye on their back. And yet year in, year out, they've been able to win at the Summit Leagues. And it's remarkable the expectations, right? Because that's part of this is the expectations are so high that a sixth place finish almost becomes a disappointment. Right. Um, yeah, and some of that legacy goes back to Trent Lusigna and Joel Reichel that, um, you know, in the recruitment process with a lot of these young men, you know, it was just right after that era and, you know, the belief that, hey, you know, we can, you know, take um, maybe not the top level kids in the Midwest, but take that second level and, and give them opportunities and, you know, have them evolve as you know, pretty, pretty good athletes. And I think even though the ultimate goals for Ben and Joe um, weren't achieved, you know, getting to the NCAAs either as a team or individuals, um, you know, their careers as cross-country athletes are you know, exceptional. Um, when we look at what they, what they've done, and you know, the list of programs that um, you know this team beat this year. And you know, even on Friday, it's like, well, you, you know, you, okay, you're sixth. Okay, you got beat by two teams who are going to be battling for a trophy in Stillwater at the national championships in Iowa State and Tulsa, or Oklahoma State and Tulsa. Iowa State doesn't make the national meet, but probably is one of the best 30 teams is just the way the system works. Um, Loyola won the A-10, you know, pretty handily. So it's a, obviously a solid program. Wichita second in the American. And then, you know, behind us, uh, you know, Illinois was sixth or seventh in the Big Tens, and, you know, Kansas State was fourth in Big Twelves. I mean, we beat really good teams on a day that we felt like we weren't even that good. And so I think that's, a, again, a testament of uh, where the men's program's at. And, um, you know, the challenge will be to, you know, keep things rolling. Um, 
not going to be a given, but uh, we'll be on top of the heap uh, you know, next fall. And as you pointed out, you have guys like Ben and Joseph who sort of had to be led into this to some extent by the trends of the world. Now they're the ones that are the guiding light to the youth. And have you seen how they've matured from being the ones that kind of had to be led into this to now they're the leaders and they're the ones that are setting the stage for this next crop? Well, I think the one thing with Joe in particular, I mean, that's a guy who came in and, you know, he was had his nose right in the middle of everything from the get-go. Um, his development process was amazing. Um, you know, I think he never finished lower than his 53rd or whatever in his first regional meet. Um, you know, he's been rock solid. Ben's career, you know, uh, from a health standpoint, took a little bit w longer to kind of get going, uh, much like Daniel Burkhalter. So it's... Uh, yeah, there's always different paths, and you know you're happy to see that uh, in the end that uh, you know they're able to perform at a pretty high level, whether it's you know absolute maximum capacity. I don't know. I'm not that smart. Women, they finished tenth. Mm -hmm. Leah Hansen turns in uh, the best finish, and you expect that. She's been your, your your top performer all year. Overall thoughts on how they performed at the regions? Um, you know, tenth is great. It's best finish we've ever had, and. You know, coming off a conference meet where emotionally you you throw a lot into it, you don't win, you get literally your, your butt beat pretty bad by North Dakota State. Um, wasn't going to be super easy to see this coming, uh, but you know, cre big credit to Alex Monaferrin who has uh, done the yeoman's work with the women's team this fall. Um, you know, and I knew when Alex came here that how, whatever capacity we you know presented to him. He was going to do it very well, and you know he's an exceptional coach. And it, I think that that is a, a true testament of a good coach that you can take a team that again maybe is a little wo little wounded. There's not always a lot of motivation to run at the regional meet in a high capacity because you put emotionally so much into a conference meet when you're a mid-major. And uh, you know those ladies stepped up, you know got it done, you know avenge that loss to North Dakota State, albeit by four points. If you make it a smaller meet, you know, North Dakota State probably still beats us, but it's the meet that it is. And, um, you know, hats off to, the, you know, those young ladies, Leah, but also, you know, down the line, Caitlin Bright had a great race. Maya Kaiser, you know, wasn't happy with her race, but, again, a rock-solid performance for her. Nicole Grayer, you know, really, really, really good run. And uh, Kayla Christopherson, you know, solid run as well. So I, I think, you know, that group is uh, – you know, outperformed expectations. You know, it, it wasn't a perfect fall. You know, plenty of sickness. You know, plenty of stuff that came up from time to time. And um, to have it all come together, you know, at the end of the season, again, not an easy thing to do because it's so easy just to mail it in and say, "All right, I'm done." You know, on to track. And you know, they took advantage of another uh, another opportunity. And it's a group that largely will come back hopefully intact. And um, you know, that that bodes well for the future. As nice as it is they performed well in that event, like you're saying, it's almost more important to kind of lay the foundation for the future that they responded like that and you kind of see what's to come for that side of the program. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know all that you said there, but I'm going to just say that, you know, look, it 10th, we got 10th. That's the best ever. We're going to try and be better next year. And, you know, it's, we're going to host the conference meet in Edgebrook, in Brookings at Edgebrook Golf Course, you know, God willing. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a big focal point of the year and again with having everybody back having that experience I think probably North Dakota State has everybody back too I don't know for sure 
uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a chance again. And, uh, you know, that's exciting. That's the kind of stuff that fuels kids, you know, in the summer. You know, this sport is not one where you gather them all up, you know, June 1st and say, all right, we're all going to practice every day at the same time. You know, they're off in all different corners of the universe um, trying to get things done. And what they do when no one else is watching is going to have, you know, hugely a huge impact on how well they're going to do in the fall. And uh, I think this group has grown up a lot and uh, anticipate that they'll continue to get better. All right, so let's end on this. What's to come? Because we go into the indoor season here. It's right around the corner. Right. Yeah, you know, the, the big uh, big rest period. So uh, December 2nd, we'll open up with the SDSU holiday invite and get the indoor season kicked off. Uh, our track and field athletes obviously been, you know, gearing up towards that and, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, getting taking the horses out of the barn here pretty soon. And, um, you know, should be a you know fun year of track and field. We've got some, uh, you know, outstanding folks returning using pandemic years and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it uh, last year was, you know, a lot of fun and I anticipate this year will be a lot of fun as well.